Welcome to The Floss. My name is Gabe Gary. This is part two of uh, Alex Fiore's pe- uh, feature episode. Pizza. I almost said pizza episode. Somebody's hungry. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is part two of Alex's episode. Uh, part one, we discussed being open to new ideas, not being afraid to be wrong, a lot of stuff like that. Mm. During halftime, we talked about uh, homeless people, serial killers. Mm-hmm. Adopting dogs. Many dogs. Jeremy got some water. Yeah. Oh, do you want one of those water bottles now? That would be great. Jeremy, can we get a water bottle? Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Nice and cold. Thank you, sir. You know it's cold because the label turned blue. <laughs> oh, yeah, Like yeah. the Rockies. All right. <laughs> Part two. Here we go. Alex, what is something you do? that you don't think anybody should do? Uh, The one thing I think people should stop doing is I think people let too much of other people influence their their whole mindset in in the sense of like, look, I'm not exactly Mr. Positive. Okay, I don't shit out rainbows and sunshine. But I do understand that like if you let the people around you influence your drive or your goals, I mean, there comes a point where like you just got to be like, no, fuck you. I mean, like, my parents are not very supportive people. I grew up in a very unsupportive family. I would never let those people influence my drive or desire to continue doing what I'm doing. And, I mean, and that goes for a lot of people, man. Like, I think a lot of people think, like, oh, your friends are going to be super supportive. In fact, I mean, I think there was a study a while ago that says, like, half your friends don't even really like you. You know, That's when you find out uh, who your who, friends are. Who really, yeah, who's for you and who's not. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, you could have people that are there just because either they're looking to see if you're going to make something and then ride that coattail, or they're just there because they like to see you fail because it makes them feel better. There's people out there that will grow up with you or that will come from the same neighborhood or the same experiences you do, and they can't fathom that you do well because they didn't do well. And I've had that experience where I've grown up around people that are literally working in uh, T-Mobile or retail shops or carpenters or, or whatever. They're just working those average mm-hmm. Joe jobs you know nine to fivers and they came from the same high school same neighborhoods i came from and like if i were to ever get to a point where i run into them again and i'm doing really well with this it's going to make them feel some kind of way yeah and that's because they grew up in the same shitty situations i did and that their life took a very hard left turn into four kids with a mortgage with a wife they can't fucking stand and a job that they hate crushes their soul they go home and drink, you know, to go to bed because they can't, you know, they just mm-hmm. can't fathom it. That's not necessarily the life I lead, nor is it going to be the life I lead in five years probably. So, I mean, like, you got to understand there are people that are for you and people that are not for you, but you can't let either way really influence. Sure. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like we're going to spend most <clears throat> of this episode talking about, like, the haters and how to deal with the haters. Yeah. But also, like, the super supportive stuff. I feel like don't ignore that. It's no, always no. nice to em- em- embrace the support, but I f- that the support comes when the good things happen, and every good thing is just a little moment. You got to get mm-hmm. back to work. Yeah, you got to get, but don't ride, don't try to coast yeah. off of one compliment. You can't ride that high forever. Yeah. I mean, like it's going to come down. You got to keep going. I mean, like I said, it's great to get support from people, but then there comes a point where you also understand this: there are people that are going to support you when it's good, but then they get real quiet when it's not. Sure. And that's another thing, too, you got to pay attention to. Like, okay, you got people around you, they get real quiet when shit isn't happening that we wanted to. And I'm like, yeah, but where was that? That's probably when you need it the most Mm -hmm. is that support. 
And then when you don't get it, it's like, fuck, man, like, are these people really for me? Or I mean, like, I, I have friends and I, 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 in a way, I love them to death. But at the same time, like, I even then, I always have this feeling of like, well, everybody around me makes me feel alone. Everybody. Like, I, no matter who it is, I feel alone very much so. Um, like, I got a buddy of mine who's like my younger brother. You know, like when I when I introduced some people, I was like, oh, it's my little brother. <clears throat> but even then, you have moments where I'll tell him something. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, I like I'll tell him something good, you know, okay. and then he'll just be like, oh, that's cool, man. And I'm like, that's it. That's all you got. He's like, well, I'm not really much of a hype man. And you know that I'm like, yeah, but I mean, like. And that kind of kills me because, like, there are times where he's told me something good that'll happen to him because he's a photographer. Mm -hmm. And there was one time where he got into a gallery showing. Uh, at like it wasn't like anything like super super big posh, but he was in an exhibition that they he he got his work selected and he was in it. And I was literally through the roof for him. Like I was like yeah. I went bananas. Like oh my god, it's amazing. Blah blah blah. Like I hyped him the fuck up. But then like I'll come to him and tell him something, and then like he's just like, oh yeah, that's cool, man. I feel like in that situation, though, you can't hold that against him too much because no. that's how he, he's not a. Uh, he's clearly not a hype man, and you are. I mean, that's just like the personality. But it there. also makes me go like, well, is it genuine then? E either way, like when he's like, "Oh, that's cool," I'm like, "Okay, but it, he might just he, not care. He might just not care." So this is where, like, I tell when I tell people this, and they they feel some kind of way. They get like I've literally told people like I just feel alone, and they get offended, and I'm like, but. That's just what it is. Because at the end of the day, I have people that I really care about that give me this, like, kind of half-ass support or half-ass hype. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, like, it is what it is. So, I mean, like, and, I mean, like I said, I know he's the homie and he's my dude and all that. But there comes a point where even I sit there and I'll tell him something and he'll give me, like, this, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's, I, I hope that works out. Or, yeah, it's great. And it's very monotone. It's very, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, cool. But does he just – and it makes me feel like he doesn't give a shit. I um, feel like you might be that might uh, disappoint you a little bit because because you're so excited for yourself because mm -hmm. you see how this opportunity could be something is playing into the bigger picture you have for yourself. Yeah. And he and he doesn't see that bigger picture. Yeah. So he might not see that bigger picture like he doesn't have your, like we talk about visions. He might not have that vision. Mm. So he doesn't understand how this because every vision is only achieved by the small steps that lead up to it. Mm -hmm. And they might not see how this is. It's still a small step, but like a little more important of a small step. I share less and less good news with people, uh, and that, and that's mainly because like I don't, I mean, I don't get the same hype that I give people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody should match my energy, but I would hope to think that you do because if you're really with me, then I would hope that you would give me that same energy back. Like if you came to me and we were really cool and you were like, yo, I just filmed this and I got into a film festival and I won. I mean, I mean and I, when people think win, I'm not saying win. No, no, no. Listen. If even if you get officially selected, that is still a win as far it's as I'm concerned win. because that is better I would kill than for a selection. yeah because like at the end of the day, there's hundreds maybe even thousands of people who submitted to that shit and for you to be still selected is still a win. Still so a win. when I tell people that I'm like that's still the same. So I look at it like this: is if you came to me and said, "Hey yo, Alex, I just got into this film fest and I got officially selected." I mean, you were cool and we're boys. I'm going through the roof for you. Yeah. Let's get some fucking drinks. Let's get some yeah. drinks. Fucking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go bananas. I'll hype that shit up on Instagram. I'm going to go on my post like, yo, my dude just got in. Mm -hmm. Congrats, blah, blah, blah. I don't get that energy from anybody. I don't get that from anybody around me. Mm -hmm. So like, and I have a friend of mine who I've known for fucking 16 years. She's my oldest friend and she she doesn't even do that. Are you looking for that energy? I would like to get it back because like I support them in that way. 
Sure. But I get to a point where, and I mean, I don't know, maybe some people are like, oh, you just sound like a narcissist or whatever. It's not. It's like, it's about support from people that you care about. I look for that because like, I'm, you know, like we're, we're yep. cool. We're friends. We've been, we're practically family as long as we've known each other. Yeah. And when I don't get that, it makes me go like, well, do you even really give a shit? So then, like I said, then it makes you really pull back a lot. It makes you go like, well, I don't want to share any of this good news anymore. Like I just got in contact with somebody who's got some big shit going and he just offered me some opportunity that, you know, he's like, oh, do you want to do this, this and this? And I can't talk about it yet because there's nothing really the, the contracts aren't signed. Paperwork's not done. But if that's the case, then I was like, oh, man, that's sweet. Now, I did tell a couple people. But like I said, I didn't get the same hype. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop doing that. But even then, like I do have people back to the original concept of there are people that aren't for you that just like don't, you know, like they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, well, you were going to do it. My own mom once told me that I was going to end up like my my uncle and my aunt who are literally just like drug addicts that have been in and out of jail their whole lives. So for my own mom to be like, yeah, you're just going to be like your aunt and uncle. And then, like, in five years, if I ever get to that point where I'm doing really well, granted, I don't ever talk to her anymore. But if I did and she saw me, that's a really great opportunity for me to be like, hey, you remember that one time that you told me that? Yeah, yeah go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? But for now, you got <clears throat> you got to ignore it. But I got to ignore it. And that's because, like I said, you cannot let that influence you too much. There are going to be people that don't believe in you. There are even going to be people that are close friends that secretly don't believe in you or, mm. or just don't believe in you in general. You cannot let people influence you. I do this for me. I don't care what anybody believes. I don't care if anybody doesn't believe in me. I believe enough in me to go like I'm going to keep doing this till the day that I fucking die if I can. And if and you know if you do do that as you get more and develop more enveloped into the industry that makes you really happy, mm-hmm. I think you will you will come across more supportive people because yeah. they'll be more understanding of what certain things mean to you as somebody else also in the industry. I get more hype out of my friend Jay, who's an actor that I literally just worked with, absolutely, than I do from people I've known for 16 years. There's not like we, there's nothing like the, like the bond of making something creative mm-hmm. with somebody else. It's very I mean, intimate. anytime I hit him up, he's like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" Blah blah blah, yeah. this and that, or whatever. I get so much hype and support out of him, and I love that about Jay. You guys, and then you're gonna keep working with Jay, and maybe I'm, you're gonna meet more people like that. You want to surround yourself with those people. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people that are not just working towards something. Because like the last thing I do now is I I'm around people that just sit on the couch all day and, and like smoke weed and binge Netflix or Disney Plus. I've had to stop. Sm- I, I stop smoking weed. <clears throat> I don't do that anymore. Like, look, I will go out and have a good time as far as like a drink or two or whatever. I mean, maybe I'll hit a bowl every now and then if I'm at somebody's, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. But here on out, this is how it goes. I wake up, I go to the gym, I anchor my day. Um, I get to the business of like, okay, what do I have to do? Do I have to work on this script? Do I have to talk to this person? Do I have to set up this meeting? Do I have to do this and this? I, and I'm around people that are always doing shit. So like Keith, who's one of the actors that's working with me that you know I'm working on other stuff with as well, he is constantly busy. His whole day is locked up. And I love good talking to that dude because yeah. like he is like he motivates me to do more than I do every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude is busy from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed, and then his phone is still blowing the fuck up. Yeah. I love that. And I'm around like guys like Anthony Dane, who I work with. He's a really tremendous actor. He does really, yeah. Look him up. He's, oh, I think I <clears> think he read for my first short film. He's a great actor. He's a great guy to have on set, and uh, he's he's like literally one of the hardest workers I know. I mean, that dude he is did read. For he my did, film. yeah, yeah. So you being around Anthony, knowing that that cat's always busy. Um, Jay right now is doing his own thing as far as like he's got two theater shows right now, but he's also going to be working on this next project where I'm doing a web series called Misunderstood. Mm-hmm. We're going to be filming the first episode in February. 
Um, I surround myself with people that are constantly doing shit. Because if I if I hang out with people that I used to know that are literally just like, oh yeah, I just got home from like working ten hours. Yeah. I'm gonna smoke like five bowls, eat a hamburger, and watch, uh, you know, Mandalorian. That doesn't motivate me. Drag you down. That doesn't. Yeah, it makes me just want to do that shit. So like, I don't want to do that shit. I don't want like you want to have to keep up. <clears throat> I want to keep going way past that. And then when I get to a point where I'm doing really good and I'm making good money and I've made the moves I want to make, then maybe I will like take time to like chill out. But at the most part, I probably will stay busy from now until the day I probably, like, croak. Yeah. Because, like, I can't – I love being involved in shit. I love doing shit. I love being in the mix of things. And it, it just motivates me to continue doing more. So I think, like, now that the ball has started, the momentum will always stay so long as it – you know, I just keep going with it. There's a certain level of conflict I'm experiencing right now with what we're talking about because we – like, everybody's successful – will tell you, like, you know, ignore the haters. You know, don't let the negativity drag you down. Right. Um, and that's – but, like, at the same time, uh, what you just talked about and a lot of it I agree with, you, when you, you – Are you talking about using the haters to it's motivate It's motivation. You? Yeah, so I've like, heard that too. Uh, yeah, but, like, I feel like it's uh, ignoring negativity in terms of don't let it – don't let it – push you off of the path that you're carving for yourself. Right. Put it behind you. Let it push you forward. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen that. Okay. So I know you're, and I mean like, look, I, it's motive, dude, it's, it's, it's hella motivating and it does oh. like, look, I, the, when I went to film school, almost all the motherfuckers, all of them don't like me. And that's fine because they're all West coast SJW snowflakes that like literally cannot be told no, because they just don't know how to it physically locks them up and they just have a seizure over it. Mm-hmm. They can't be told that their idea is not good because they've spent their whole lives being told by mommy and daddy that they're perfect in every possible way and nothing they do is, you know, bad. Yeah. Okay, that's great. But your idea is stupid or this or that or the other or it doesn't work. Yeah. And I made a lot of enemies out there because I was just straightforward. I'm an East Coast cat. I'm going to tell you like it is. A lot of them probably counted me out. A lot of them was like, you know, Alex is not going to do shit. He's going to go home. He's going to work some shitty, you know, job in a machine shop. He's not going to do shit. So while I'm out here and I'm doing what I'm doing, making moves, talking to people that actually have real connections that can get me into things that I want to do and eventually lead to getting into the DGA, which is obviously the goal if you're a director to get into the DGA and do that shit. I look at that and I go, man, that's so motivating to know that one day I'm going to probably do really well. And then if I ever run into any of them cats, like you said, that's a good feather in my cap because they're going to be probably struggling or doing their thing. Or maybe they maybe they don't hack it, so they drop out of it. They cash out of the business. Mm-hmm. And then they just settle for a shitty job they don't like. I will be able to go, hey, you remember that one time that you didn't believe in me? Yeah. And go fuck yourself. Because, like, here I am doing my thing. So I'm not saying you can't use that as motivation. But at the same time, I feel like you have to limit the amount of that, like, as far as filter it. Yeah. Take only so much of that as motivation, but do not let it bog you down. Do not let it keep you up at night. Do not let it drive you up the wall thinking about like, oh, what if they were right? Who cares? Who gives a shit? That's what I was about to say is it's really, yeah, you you have this path for yourself and you're working hard towards it and you might see them, but there is a chance maybe they end up being right. Maybe you fall flat on your face. Maybe you, maybe you never make it into the DGA, but at least you fucking tried. Yeah. You gave it your 100% best effort. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, win or lose, uh, you can at least be satisfied with the with the notion that you 
you went for it. I could have easily had ended up working uh, in a factory for the rest of my life like my grandma did or like, you know, some of my family did or working a job that I hated. And instead what I did was I took a chance. I went out and I did something that I really wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. So even if I did fail, even if I like none of this works out, I could say, well, you know what? You guys never took a chance. You guys never tried. You, You settled for a job that you hated, for a life that you hated. I at least tried. Regardless of whether or not that sets me up and I got a nice cushy 401k to retire on because of all that time I, I wasted, uh, you know, sure. whatever, it still doesn't change the fact that I at least devoted some of my life, because life is short, to doing something I care about rather than doing something I didn't give a shit about. I have a 401k now, but it's like, am I, am I, I'm not going to fucking retire. No. We're never going to retire. I like, to be honest, I think if you're in this and you're really passionate about it, I mean, you, you die. You, and it's like you die. I mean, like, one of my favorite photographers of all time, he's my like photographic idol, was Richard Avedon. He's like the godfather of modern day fashion photography. Dude, keep going. I have an insane thing to tell you. So, and I, he was the one who motivated me to do photography. Like, he was the one who, like motivated me to pick up a camera and try to, you know, like do what he does. Cause he was just a master behind the, the camera. And the, what I remember hearing was he was on a set in 2004 when he died working and he was in the bathroom. I don't know what he was doing. He's probably just, you know, taking a leak or whatever. But the, from what I understand, he had a heart attack and he died in the, in the bathroom on set though. So like the, and the, the guy at that point was, I think like almost 80, so think about it. The man's 80 years old. He's on set. I think it was in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he's in a bathroom. He's just kind of like getting himself together. And then, bam, heart attack and he dies. I would rather go out like that yeah. than go out working in a factory, you know, on a line, you know, pulling parts out and then putting them in a package, you know, and shipping them out and then dying like that. That's terrible. Yeah. The only reason I know who Richard Avedon is is because in my first film, there's a, there's a, there's a scene – in which uh, somebody is making fun of a photographer, mm. and he says something along the lines of like, "Oh, you're gonna go be with fucking Richard Avedon," like sarcastically. Wow, it's so that's fun. And <laughs> I, we changed the line. We did change the line, so it didn't make it in. But that's fucking crazy. That's it's well, it's crazy. And the thing is, like, not to get off subject, but Richard Avedon was a genius. I mean, he yeah, I did he, like a lot of stuff. That's why in- I chose him to. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he invented what you have today. Like, without him, anything you see on, like, Men's, GQ, Harper's Bazaar, yeah, wouldn't exist without him and Irving Penn and their whole, like, frenemy rivalry thing going on. But Richard Avedon was a genius. And then if you look at his personal work, like, his Into the West series where he went out and he, like, took photos of, like, people he just saw out there, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're fucking brilliant. And my favorite photo that he ever did was... It's called the Beekeeper. It's May 1986. That's how much I I love it. The Beekeeper, May. Yeah, I think it was May 1986 is when it was taken, and it's called the Beekeeper. And it's a photo of this guy. It's this big ass uh, photo of this guy. He shot it at f64, which is the highest f-stop you can get. So you're getting like all this detail, and it's a guy just covered in bees, and he's staring at the camera, and it's just this amazing shot. And I just like I was in love with it. Yeah. So I mean, like to me, Richard Avedon was a genius, and he was he had a way with people and pulling what he wanted out of people. And what's funny is that he's a photographer, and I think he would have probably made a killer director because of that ability to be a master manipulator of people. My favorite thing to do is see an artist in one discipline and be like, uh, like Denzel Curry is one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. Uh, and I saw him live, and it, it was like, I saw him on 
it was like he's super in it was, anime. It was he's, like five minutes into his time on stage, and I was like, this dude could have been a comic. Yeah, this dude could have easily been a comic. And I mean, I'm also of the belief that like you know, like growing up, there's like that that kid that's just good at everything he tries. Yeah, great. I feel like great artists are the great actors, great directors, great painters, great photographers, great rappers, great guitarists, whatever. They would have probably been good at whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. They just chose to play guitar. They just chose to rap, stuff yeah. like that. Or the path chose them too. Like, is how I look at it too. Sure, is, they could multi-discipline and then get shoved. Like, and then slowly like found the universe, way life, God, you know, pushes you in a certain direction. Yeah. And so, like, I look at that. And I'm like, Richard Avon, I was a brilliant photographer, but because of his ability to master manipulate, he would have been a brilliant director. Yeah. For sure, and uh, and so like and I nobody could tell me otherwise because like I mean the shit that he would do to people he I remember there was a story how he shot Marilyn Manson and uh, or not Marilyn Manson Man- Marilyn Monroe sorry and he <laughs> pretty was, different Marilyn Marilyn yeah two different Marilyns and uh, he was he was shooting with her and obviously Marilyn has the persona of this blonde bombshell and so she was so used to being on all the time. Yep. So he brought her in the studio and I, I don't know how true this story is but I'm pretty sure this is like the real the real story is he brought her in a studio and he shot with her for like eight hours straight, just nonstop. And he did that on purposely to break her mm-hmm. to a point where she finally got to a point where she kind of stopped and you, and he shot this and he was waiting for it. And he shot this photo of her. And it's almost like she had like a moment of like self realization, like, Oh my God, this is me. This is what I am. This is who I am. And that was what he was looking for. Yeah, and I think about that. I'm like, for him to do that, and he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew if he were if he shot long enough, he would wear her out. Yeah. And I think about that. I'm like, it's brilliant. One of one of the my favorite things about rap, and one of my favorite things that rappers around my age talk about is, um, you know, when I eat, my team eats. Yeah, and, and I believe I, that. I I that is one of the things I aspire. One of my only, I only have like five or six things on my bucket list. One of them is to have a scholarship in my name because I got helped out with scholarships. So like, if I make, if I'm making some money, I want to help kids, you know, yeah. get educated. Um, but I also want to be so successful in my creative endeavors. Like, I can like, at the Adam be Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Not, I, that's a he's a god tier level of. Yeah, but, I mean, he's made quite the career. But like that's what that's what happens with like in comedy you blow up with the people you come up with yeah. because you're all focused on supporting each other. Um, and the beautiful thing about Adam Sandler is a lot of his friends ended up on SNL with him, right? Mm-hmm. And they become I mean obviously these are best friends Chris Farley, yeah. David Spade, Chris Rock, and they all kind of had like this real great camaraderie because they were young coming yeah. up together doing this show that was obviously very prestigious mm-hmm. and it's had a run. And like that's that's amazing. So I'm a firm believer of what you're talking about is your day ones. Yes, and oh. you, you've already. I mean, I feel like I mean you already mentioned like uh, Anthony and Jay. You're gonna work with them in the future, and you know you hope that when you have a project up that you can give them work. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I I am a firm believer in day ones because here's the thing: when you had nothing, when you had absolutely nothing, and these people were with you and you were giving them pizza mm-hmm. because that's all you can afford, and you're shooting in your apartment because that's the only location you can afford because it's free, and you're doing this and that the other. These people were with you. So I'm a firm believer in day ones. Always stick with your day. Oh, never forget the people that were with you when you had nothing, when you were doing 
whatever you could with what little budget you had. Yep. And I try to. Now, keep in mind, though, some of those day ones will fall off for whatever reasons. Like the people in Seattle I shot with, like I always thought I'd be friends with Tim, who was one of my actors out there. And the minute I got on a plane, I was out of sight, out of mind. I tried to keep up with him, try to see how he was doing. And then after a while, it just got so far. I was just talking to myself. Sure. And at that point, I'm like, okay, you know, that is what it is. But I try to look at it as I like, I, I like to hope that the people that I've come up with, uh, as far as like the the film I just shot, like some of the other stuff I'm going to do, hopefully those will turn into my day ones too. Because this is still all day one territory. Oh, Until I yeah. make it, these are all day ones. Dude, day, day one lasts 10 years. Uh, yeah. And people, <laughs> that's, day, that's, one like, like day one could be 10, 15 years because people think that like, oh, well, your day ones are literally just people you work with on your first. No. Those are people you work with until you get a yeah. check. It's so fat you don't even know what to do with it at first. Yeah. That, that, you know, where you get into the DGA or you get into that very first gig that, you know, like really pays well or it gets your name out there well. Mm. And even then, that's still your day ones because you haven't made it just yet. When you get to a point where you're like at the level of Tarantino status where he's been doing this for 20-something years, 30-something years, then obviously, yeah, your day ones are obviously behind you. But he's probably still working with some of them people. But, I mean, when you're starting out in those early years and you're you're working with some of the same people or you're trying to work with some people that are cool, those are all day one people. Stick with them. Dude, they, I've, I already have notes in my app. I know for – if everything works out the way I want it to and I'm totally prepared for it to not and I'm totally prepared to fail and, you know, be a loser. But if things go out the way – go the way I want them to, I'm like I already have plans. Like I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. I want to write a book and I already know for a fact Jeremy you're going to be in that book Steve's going to be in that book yeah. a few of my other comic friends are going to be in that book just because like it's part like those those are the people you these, came are, up these with. are the baby steps that you have to take to reach the big picture and this like so many things literally wouldn't it's you always hear it during award speeches none of this would have been possible without no, XYZ yeah. literally yeah like uh, the very first the first film I shot I didn't go to film school I I had uh, film theory education, but never actually practical film knowledge. Yep. So I had to like read all the books and get, uh, never stepped foot on a film set. Steve brought his, he was like his expertise, his knowledge, yeah. and he was like, "Yo, let's do it, this." Yeah. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Hmm. So stuff like that, and that's a real one right there. That's somebody who's really with you. I mean, like, yeah. look, I I. I'll never forget the conversation I had with him on my very first shoot when I cast him. He called me and he goes, hey, man, thanks so much for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. I just want to let you know I've never acted before. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I've never done film before. I'm a theater actor. He's like, so I have no idea what to do on a film set. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, man. I said, look, at the end of the day, I'm gonna we're going to put our faith in each other. Yeah. This is my first directing job. So we're going to trust each other and we're going to see where this goes. That's an amazing feeling to know that, like, we put our faith into each other. And whatever was going to happen was going to happen. We had yeah. a great time. It was fun. Tim was a blast to be around. He's he's a funny, funny guy. He's, like, my Seattle version of Anthony. Um, yeah. But at the same time, and I look at this, like, Anthony, when I pitched him the idea, I mean, this guy has, like, multiple agencies that represent him. He's doing, like, commercials. He's doing this. He's doing he's that. A, he's the face of the Ohio uh, fucking... Uh, the, uh, what was it, the... <sighs> He he didn't know yeah the Ohio preventing don't get the cold don't get a yeah cold. don't get the cold thing yeah Something, I saw that yeah. so he's he's that guy and he's done so much so for me to pitch this script to him being just this person out of left field that you know mm-hmm. isn't doing half of what he's doing for him to love it so much that he was like yeah 
Um, and I talked to him on a Monday. He's like, yeah, I got a whole bunch of shit going on this week. I got two other auditions to film, but I'm going to read the script and I'll get back to you on the weekend when I'm free. I got three hours later a link sent to me from him of him reading yeah. for my character. I remember. he was really He's really good about I remember that. I and it was crazy because I was like, I didn't expect to get anything from you. And he's like, I love this so much. I stopped what I was doing. I went into my room. That's awesome. And I shot this because I love this. And that was a huge moment for me to be like, wow, this guy's like really in the middle of everything. And like he stopped because he loved the script yeah, so much. That's awesome. And then we put it together. He helped produce it. And we did this amazing film together with these other cats. And I was like, oh, man, it's so sweet. Like I'm hoping that this will always be like the little crew. Even if we work on different projects for years. I hope that we always still stay in the same yep. circles. We yeah. always still stay in touch. You will. You will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I almost did cast him, uh, but uh, I casted a guy named Denzel Washington, who I think I love this man. He's done both films for me. I think Jeremy loves him more than I do. He he can't he cannot. <laughs> shut Jeremy, up you about in love Denzel. with Denzel? Is that what that is? I thought he was amazing. Yeah, he was really phenomenal. No. Um, <clears throat> but we got to wrap up. Plug your shit. Um, okay, so right now I'm currently working on a film called The Eulogies. It is going to be running the circuit for a while, but it will be available in May when it is done with the circuit. Um, my plugs are you can find me at, at wolfandblue.com or at wolfandblue on Instagram and a.alexanderfiore on Instagram as well. And you could just look me up, Ariel Alexander Fiore, on Facebook. That is the floss.